Welcome back guys, Olivia here hosting today's episode. This time, I'm sitting down with a member of our team, Georgia Wade, to discuss a personal crusade of hers. She's running for local councillor representing the Green Party for the third year running. Georgia's still at university and currently working with Orbis on a placement year, but she's wise beyond her years with powerful insights into the importance of protecting our environment and the power of community. Listen on for her take on whether Gen Z are ruling out employers that don't care about the environment, whether we can be political at work or not, and what we can expect when she's the Prime Minister. I hope you'll all find our interview as interesting as I did. <laughs> Hi Georgia, thanks for coming on the podcast. So we're recording from such a grim day in London. It's actually almost a cliche how London-y this London weather is. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your morning been? Yeah, it's been all right, same old, but yeah, like you said, weather hasn't been great. So I've heard tell around the office that you're currently running for local councillor for, is it the third year running? Yes. Yeah, cool. I'd really love to ask you all about, firstly, what the process of running for local councillor involves at the moment. Yeah, so you've just got to be like quite involved in your local party. So I'm quite involved in my home party and like London and Leeds as well. So wherever I am at the time, like I just try my best to get involved with like Green Party activities and campaigning and canvassing and things like that. And then you just sort of ask really, is there any like ward that I can stand in? I am oblivious to all of the terminology. What does that mean, a ward that you can stand in? For example, I stood in Peterborough on like last week's elections and Obviously, it's quite a big city, so you don't just have, like, one councillor for the city. That's more of, like, an MP sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it splits it up into, like, villages or boroughs if you're in London. um, And it just splits it up into the smaller areas within a city or within a town. Um, So I essentially stood for the village that I live in at home. So it's about, like, a couple thousand people. Um... And yeah, you've got people standing for like Conservatives and Labour and Lib Dems and things like that. So yeah, it's just for the the smaller area. So what motivated you to stand in the first place and what do you love about getting involved in the local politics? So when I joined, I was still at school and they just asked if I wanted to stand as like a non-target candidate. It means there's quite a low chance that I would get it, that I would win. It just means that people have the opportunity to to vote for someone green um, because you know there's it's not nice when you go to vote and the person or, or the party you want to vote for isn't on there. Yeah. So it's just to give people that choice and like freedom to to vote for someone green if that's what they want. Um, but yeah, they just asked if I wanted to stand as a non-target candidate. My chance of winning would be quite low because that's what I was worried about. I was still at school, thinking oh my god, what if I win and I'm a councillor at like 18 years old? Um, And it has happened. You stand as a non-target candidate. That happened this year. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, so in Peterborough there was a a Lib Dem. um, She's like quite young, probably in her early 20s. She just stood as a non-target candidate because someone dropped out. Mm -hmm. But like somehow or another 
she won and now she's a counsellor so so yeah there is always that like small yeah risk that you might win but yeah I got into it because I was asked really and then from then I've like got more involved um at home like go leafleting door knocking I did the same in Leeds last year so mm-hmm. it's just like talking to the people where you're living about yeah. local politics so yeah I think it's really interesting how the Green Party in a lot of areas, because it's quite similar where I've lived in different towns that I have voted in in the past, Mm. where it is one of those parties that might sometimes not even be represented Mm. and that essentially you're not expecting a landslide Mm. victory, I suppose, for for the Green Party. Like, how do you feel about that? And also, why is it your chosen party, I guess? I think it just aligns so well with, like, my personal beliefs and lifestyle choices so like I do geography at uni mm-hmm. I care a lot about the environment and things like that and out of all the parties they're the ones that sort of stand the most for that sort of thing um, and as soon as I sort of read up on like manifestos and started following people on Twitter and seeing what they were about I started paying my membership which is now probably like the fourth year of being like a paid member mm-hmm. and yeah it is it is quite not sad but sometimes you see that they're not represented on the ballot papers or they're not represented in our national government we've only got one MP um, in national government and that doesn't accurately represent how many people vote green so yeah. I think in the last election something like 800,000 people voted green oh. I think like that could be wrong but I think it was something around that but then we've only got one MP and it's sort of the way our voting system is structured um it's you know not done entirely on a like a countrywide basis it's you know sort of done a bit differently but yeah I would like to see more more green people in in government but we had so many new seats like local councillors this election I think when I checked on when I was looking at the results on Friday already in the morning it was like 62 new green councillors so I'm sure when the official counts came in it was more than that but yeah I think out of all the parties that was like Mm. such a good gain and the thing is like when you've got the questions in the morning um like Friday morning the counts on Thursday night super exciting and we see all these green gains like across the country and then Friday morning there's no one there from the Green Party like talking about it because they just don't get get invited on the telly Um, and yeah follow a couple of people on Twitter like oh I'm only five minutes away from the studio like do you want to have me on the show? I agree Mm. it's such a shame because obviously it's not reflecting that community of people nationwide (laughs) that are supporting and voting for the party but also I think that for a lot of people, like you said, it reflects your personal lifestyle choices and what truly matters to you. And I think there's more and more people feeling exactly that way. Like you said, you're seeing a lot of gains at the moment. I think it's for exactly that reason. Like, do you think it's been a really recent shift or is that built up? I think it's definitely like built up over a long period of time. But I think at the moment, now that we've got platforms like Twitter and things and people can see like right on their phones like the impacts of climate change and they can mm-hmm. you know see the news of you know the energy prices and things like that it's so instant you can see it and then you can sort of make your mind up based on that obviously like read 
mm. whole articles and things. <laughs> yeah. Don't just see a headline and make a decision off that. But I think we're so we've got so much information available to us that that's probably changed a lot of people's minds. Things were published in like the 80s in the newspaper about how climate change is super important and like it's something we should be worried about. Yeah. Um, but it's this teeny like couple of lines on like one of the back pages mm-hmm. and now it's, you know, normally yeah. more like shown yeah. in the media. It so. is much more prominent and I think it, that, that point about the power of social media, Twitter as one example, is really important because like you said, in what we would describe as more old-fashioned media, there's mm-hmm. a limited amount of space. And so the things that are, I suppose, more immediately of concern to people, the headlines, mm-hmm. they take up that space. And priorities that aren't at front of mind and that we aren't actively working on do get pushed to push the back. But now with social media, there's so much more space and there's yeah. so many more voices. Like, for instance, I wouldn't have known without literally speaking to you this morning mm-hmm. um, that the Green Party and the, the support for it is a lot bigger than I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I guess if you're in those communities online, then you're seeing it a lot more. But something like being able to say publicly on Twitter that I'm a representative for the Green Party and I'm actually so close to the studio, but Mm. it looks like I'm being blocked out of this conversation almost. Like, it's a really powerful way to make that obvious, Mm. I guess. I'll skip on to the next question, which is, if you got voted in, what are some some of the first changes that you'd make? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we're talking sort of local area um, or the area that I stood in which was my like home village in uh-huh. Peterborough it's very well kept and like well maintained at the moment the people who want fully deserve it like independent councillors they do an amazing job um, I think if it was here if I was standing here because I live in um, like Tooting so it's like Wandsworth who yeah. actually lost their like it was Tory represented however it's not anymore it's like one of the first times it's moved over to Labour I think there like the first thing is like different bins it sounds so strange to be living today with Mm -hmm. one bin that we put everything in yeah that's that's messed up I know I know as soon as I moved there I was like oh cheap council tax and then you soon come to realise why the council tax is cheaper because Mm -hmm. They're not out there, like, maintaining the area. Um, And, um, yeah, it's just things like that. Um, Obviously, the transport links in London are great anyway, so that's probably more of something I'd look into at home. But, yeah, it's those smaller things like waste collection and travel into the city and things like that that local councillors really look at. But, yeah, here it would be sorting out the sorting out the bins that's actually really interesting because i think a lot of the time people probably don't make that connection between their council tax and where their money is going mm-hmm. and the fact that it, it supports that system of effective recycling and therefore mm-hmm. protecting our environment for the future because yeah. it's like it might seem like one small thing but yeah. if the whole of london was doing it efficiently recycling really well yeah the impact it would make would be massive right yes absolutely because obviously it's such a big area and i think how many people live in wandsworth sort of area i don't know if it's the same for the whole the whole borough but yeah it was very strange getting there we do have like recycling bags and it says like Wandsworth Council recycling mm. bags and we we do put our recycling in there but then the the lorry comes on Fridays and all the 
everything goes into the one lorry and I'm thinking I don't know how that's all sorted I've tried to have a look but there's not much information online so yeah I think I'll probably ask when the new councillor sort of gets settled in um but yeah I think a good way as well to to if you don't know who to vote for or where you want to put your vote in terms of party I think a good way of sort of deciding that is locally if you know there's an issue and you can find the email address of all the people standing you can email there's this issue what are you going to do about it and the people that come back to you and say I would do this like obviously you'd want them to to sort of represent your area I think a lot of times some areas just there's a councillor there but nothing's being done and the people are being sort of ignored yeah and lines of communication are really important. I think only over the past couple of years where worldwide, rather than even nationally or in my local area, there have been these really pressing political issues and social justice issues. It's one of the first times so recently that I realised I've got the ability at my fingertips to send an email to my <laughs> local MP and ask what you're doing about this. <laughs> and I just think that people maybe are out of touch with that like and the fact that your local representatives should know exactly what it is you want they're there to represent you yeah yeah definitely so I think a lot of people don't realize as well um that obviously an MP that's their that's their job um the councillors they quite often will have another job Mm -hmm. because it's not like a full-time you know paid position so a lot of the councillors I'm quite close with at home they're like teachers or nurses but they gen like they genuinely care so much about where they're living or like Peterborough as a whole or Leeds as a whole when I was in Leeds um Tim who I was helping with his campaign like he worked at the university full-time as like a careers advisor but these people like genuinely care about like their local area and they want to make a difference however yeah sometimes it's people will just stand to get the votes in and Mm -hmm. and then you know get you get sort of like a set amount of money to you know put put wherever and some people want to just maintain rather than make changes and sometimes when you're maintaining for so long you don't realise that some changes do need to be made. So yeah, I think it is it is really good when you can like easily get into contact with these people. Um, like it's so easy just to find people on like social media, and obviously they're standing for for these seats or whatever. So they don't mind if <laughs> if you're contacting them at all. Like if you've yeah. got an issue in your local area, contact your councillor and, and yeah. see if they come back so yeah and they've got that personal more embedded connection with the community mm-hmm. and they really care about it which to me seems like the only sensible place for it to begin like decision making for a community should happen within the within. community it should yeah. be those exact people that get to make those decisions also but what you said about um maintaining and not realizing what changes might need to be made is really interesting and i think the idea of new perspectives is um kind of lends merit to younger people being mm-hmm. involved in council and then you know further up government do you think that that's a change that needs to happen do you think there are too many people of not even necessarily an older generation but but you just need more different mindsets progressive mindsets more diversity even yeah yeah definitely i think we're definitely seeing that like this year and last year in the elections we're seeing like definitely more younger people and like more women and things like that 
and um, it is so important because like these like you said new ideas will help make places like better places to live mm-hmm. or you know they're more they have better sort of like interaction with the people like I said it should be from within the community I know I'm not living like in Peterborough right now but I will be going back and, yeah and um, you've got roots there yeah, as well like you've got there, a different yeah. connection to each of these communities that yeah. you've kind of worked in so. sure yeah um but yeah I think it is really important to have a diverse um diversity across like local councils and it would be really nice to see that across like Westminster yeah but yeah I think there's a long a long way for that however I think you know keep going as we are locally and then we'll start to see it reflected nationally which is important we need more people from the north in Westminster and mm-hmm. you know things like that because it's, it, it can be quite different nationally where people are MPs for an area that may be not ever lived there or you know like the minister of northern ireland or something who you know hasn't lived there and things like that i think it's important to have the mps maybe be from there as well but (laughs) some level of authenticity would be good yeah sometimes that's not always the case but yeah it would be nice to see what we're seeing on a local level be reflected nationally as Mm. well well, that's a good seamless link to my next question, which is to zoom right out. Say you're mm. the prime minister, the president, a global leader. What mm-hmm. are the big changes that you would make? Okay, I think. Wow, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a big question. I think my first thing would sort of be flight tax. So if you're um, a frequent flyer, um, I think you know start taxing taxing that. Um, because some people do fly for work and regularly fly for work we're talking like multiple times a week and I Mm -hmm. think if you're in a job that can afford to pay for the flights then they should be able to afford to sort of like offset the carbon emissions or pay extra on top of that for for that Um, I think higher taxes for sort of like big bigger corporations and things like that um, and on the flight tax, sorry to interrupt, but it's, I think especially if you're still choosing to, say, go transatlantic several times a week, mm-hmm. and now, like in 2022, where mm-hmm. we know we can do remotely, yeah. we know we can be in touch with anyone anywhere on the globe, if you're still making that choice, it seems more fair to me than ever that you, I guess, pay a premium on that. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a decision you're independently making, but yeah. there should be, like you said, some way of balancing it out and giving back into that the cost of protecting the planet against exactly those actions like frequent flying yes yeah and I think um something like that would be would be really important because we could then put the money into like more green technologies I think taxing big oil corporations and things like that um I think focusing on climate change at that larger level and actually pointing fingers at these big corporations because there's only I do believe that there's things individuals can do like I don't eat meat and I try not to have too much dairy and Mm -hmm. things like that but I I go on planes and I go on holiday and like I buy clothes from ASOS so I can't sit here and be like I am the best for the environment but I think there's you know we have to start at that 
like top level yeah. because we will never win if if they're mm. still you know like making their hundreds mm. of millions of pounds billions even and um like just investing in like carbon capture and like more green yeah. green energies like the uk are already really good for it like top probably like in the world um a top 10 of, of what we're doing for um like reducing our emissions but i feel like it's like too little too late and i would love to just see that like really sped up and like people to really realize yeah you know the, the need is more urgent than the way we're we're behaving yeah i think as well um i would love to see so it's all like these are all probably like quite closely related to green policies anyway but yeah if i was prime minister some kind of like universal basic income mm-hmm. um i know there's obviously different types of like benefits that people can be on and and things like that but i think there should be some kind of standard income that that everyone can have and you shouldn't you shouldn't need a reason to be able to put your heating on yeah like or have a house and things like that um that those sort of social issues are very important to me as well yeah so to bring it back into the sort of workplace discussion you could say that we're discussing politics in the workplace right Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. and there are a lot of differing opinions as to whether that's okay or not whether it's problematic and what what we should be doing so in your opinion Mm -hmm. these days can we be political at work i think sort of so much so i was a bit not worried but I put a LinkedIn post like I'm standing for mm-hmm. local elections and I thought like can I do that I'm just gonna double check just in case because yeah. I know obviously my LinkedIn page is how all the candidates like see the company essentially mm-hmm. and I didn't want to put in people's minds that these were the views of like Orbis like obviously yeah. they're just my own but I think like a lot of people showed interest like from the workplace showed interest in my post and like that's so interesting mm-hmm. like tell me more about this um and I do think like I can talk about it but um yeah I feel like sometimes I just I don't and I'm not really too sure why um I know that no one here would like judge me or anything but I feel like in other workplaces maybe you know depending on where you're working the the company might have ties to Mm -hmm. different donations that are being made to certain parties and if you were to put something on LinkedIn then that could go against Mm -hmm. you know there's always money involved somewhere in these bigger companies and things like that so I think I, I think that I probably could talk about it more at work and I'd be like happy to do so and I've like been telling a lot of people about the elections and things but yeah I think some places it could be a bit more a bit more tough to to sort of freely speak about yeah those sorts of things especially if you're in like an opposing party to what the company has. yeah yeah exactly and I think it's all about having like a good inclusive culture I guess because mm. even what you were saying about posting on your LinkedIn profile of course it's mm. like it's associated with the company but it's your personal yeah. voice online as well yeah. so it's fine for you to do that and 
it the kind of the same happens within the office if we're physically mm. all having a conversation together those are your personal views and you're so entitled to them even if for instance we were talking party politics here mm. left and right and people often disagree with each other and that I think that it's just such an interesting question because yeah it can be inflammatory but also we have a policy at Orbis of bringing your whole self to work mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that should extend to obviously the beliefs that are important to you um, as long as you're not sharing them or I suppose bringing them up in a way that is likely to cause cause yeah. that conflict which of course this conversation is not something yeah. that would but I just think I'd be interested to get your perspective on what the past few years especially we've had issues like Brexit we've been having conversations mm-hmm. about Trump and a lot of other social issues, campaigns and global events that have been happening that I think have caused a massive amount of division. Um, so as someone who's really interested in politics, what's your take on how we should be managing that? How much should we talk about it? And where do we draw the line that it's problematic, I guess, to mm. be diving into those views at work? I think, like you said, conversations like this and just sort of exploring our views and like just having a general chat I think Mm. it's when it becomes conflict and you start sort of debating but in a not healthy way so maybe arguing (laughs) I think when it starts to get heated or you're back and you're going back and forth back and forth I think that's when you just say right we're not going to talk about this anymore because we are we do have different opinions on this um and I think like it is good to discuss like these things at work like you see these people every day so it's Mm. nice to be able to to talk about your thoughts and beliefs and your opinions and things like that um and I would always listen and respect and not speak over um until I'm sort of invited to you know what are your thoughts on this um but yeah, I think it's when it gets too heated, you just mm-hmm. you just stop there and and yeah, I think if it's getting like that, especially while you're at work, it's a professional environment, so yeah. keep it professional, like you would talk about you know anything in mm. at work. So. I think that's such a good tip, just to like wait for the cue that someone has shown you they're open to discussing this, because mm. clearly I think if they had very strong views in one direction and they suspect your views are strong in the other direction, maybe they're not as likely to open up that conversation with you. Because mm. I heard an anecdote, which I'll keep obviously anonymous, that a colleague found out that another colleague had voted a certain way in terms of Brexit, and there was a full-blown argument in the office um, because obviously to some people it's a very like touchy issue and that can cause division even like with family members and stuff like that so mm-hmm. basically I think you're so right in terms of like picking your moments and also it's it's like anything else isn't it we can have hard conversations about what's happening in work and about diversity and also about politics but mm-hmm. just managing it in a professional way so I'm going to wrap up my final question. Okay. Um, we're just kind of coming back to the Green Party and also your academic background in geography. Environmental issues are clearly very important to you, like a lot of people our age, I think. Mm-hmm. And I've read recently that climate responsibility among employers is a top priority for talent, especially Gen Z, when they're choosing a company to work for. So is this the case for you? Would you rule out working somewhere if you felt they were really not taking responsibility for their impact on the climate and what do you think companies should be doing to show that talent that they are committed Mm -hmm. I think it would definitely put me off if 
it would put me off of working at a company if I knew that they really weren't doing anything. Um, I think working in places like the WeWork that have different policies on how they manage their environmental impact and things like that. Obviously, they've got the lights that are like motion censored, and mm-hmm. um, they put like the notice up of how much water the dishwasher uses and mm-hmm. things like that. And I think that catches people's attention. And I think these shared office spaces are a good way, um, mm-hmm. definitely, for companies to be able to be a bit more um, like environmentally conscious. But yeah, I think like me and a lot of other people, sort of, you know, like you said, our age, I think it would definitely be a deterrent to, to working somewhere if I knew they were just doing nothing and, mm-hmm. yeah, didn't have any sort of thoughts on it. I think that would be my issue, as if that they just genuinely didn't really care or, or thought, like, what's worse is probably not even thinking about yeah. it. Um, so there's, there's not caring and then there's having not even thought and it's, like, how can you not have thought about those things, like, in this day and age? So... So yeah, I think companies are definitely getting a lot better though because um, there's different like legislations in place where we've got to be, you know, like carbon neutral or negative by 2030 or 2050 or whatever. So like communities will make that or councils will make that decision. Um, and then obviously the companies that are working in those those places and the people yeah. living in their houses in those places they've got to then take action so I think companies are probably definitely getting a lot better but yeah I think um, it would it would put me off from working somewhere yeah what a good point to close on um, <laughs> thank you so much well that wraps it up for this episode First of all, we apologise for any background noise you may have noticed, just a bit of authentic office ambience for you there. Hopefully you took a lot of value from these first-hand insights from a political, environmentally conscious employee. From how to decide who you'll vote for in your next local election, to how you can attract environmentally conscious talent to your business. That can be as simple as mindfully selecting your work environment and looking at its everyday climate impacts. Special thanks to Georgia for her time and good luck with next year's elections. If you've got something to say and would like to join us on the podcast or would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out through our website or find us on LinkedIn. Details are in the show notes. Check out our latest host magazine and be sure to explore our blogs and events at wearehostcommunity.com. Make sure you're subscribed to catch our next episode and we'll see you then.